everybody. It's Angela Ardolino with Your Natural Dog, and I'm here with one of my favorite guests who I've I don't even think I've ever met you in person, maybe at a Dogs Naturally event, gosh, like three or four years ago. I don't remember, but I feel like I have because I follow you. I'm a big fan. You're probably the most spiritual person I know, especially when it comes to this living with our dogs and how they are part, such an important part of our family and well-being. There's so many things I want to talk to you about. I'm just going to have a conversation there's a couple things. Of course, I know I want to talk about plants with you mm-hmm. and um, how important they are and, you know, how you use plant medicines with what how you work with dogs. But I also want to talk about this past two years of people getting dogs, whether they rescued or whether they got a puppy and um, very little training has been done very little taking them out into the world and letting them experience mm-hmm. the world and learn and get used to it and how important that is. And that spiritual bond mm. that we should be creating with our pets and how they're such a reflection of us. But I want to talk to mm-hmm. those pet parents who went out and got a dog these past two years. Mm. And I want them to understand that if they do have a dog that hasn't been socialized or trained or been out in the world, that there is still time to do something about it. So I want to talk about that with you. I want to talk about those parents. Where can they now make up for this lost time? And the reason that I know this so well is at my groom shops, I've never seen like I used to go from being, you know, getting a dog snapping at us or trying to bite us you know, Mm. when we're doing their nails or washing them or whatever it is, maybe once a year to now once a week. Mm. I just had one of my groomers bit and the thumb by a Havanese, took the nail off and the dog's not even a year old. Mm. So I think there's an epidemic, (laughs) at least in this country, of very scared, untrained dogs that have been adopted or rescued during COVID that We need to get a a handle on. Are you experiencing that where you live? Have you heard about this? And then what can these parents do? Because now also what's happening is now all these dogs are being uh, taken to shelters. Mm -hmm. And that's heartbreaking. There's an epidemic in in California. There's so many dogs being taken to shelters. And guess what? They're all like two or three years old, have no training, scared talk to us how can we what can we do about this (laughs) oh yeah thank you Angela and then it's exactly the same exactly the same in the UK where we got the the split of like everyone like either stopped working or was working at home oh let's get a dog and then we're back at work now so I haven't got time for the dog so yeah I just don't want it anymore or then the people that are still choosing to to coexist with their dog that they got um but yeah, they kind of, the dog failed to have the desensitizing and the socializing. So we've got these lockdown puppies. Yeah, life for them is is really, really hard. And you sh- you touched on, you sh- shared a word and said a word that for me really kind of also hits the nail on the head of, um, you know, there's these now dogs that, that they're scared, there's fear. And I'm like, but what did we actually bring into their lives, regardless of the desensitizing or the lack of desensitizing and socializing? When we brought them from, when we brought them into our homes, took them away from their mams and everything that they knew, that that should be such, it, well, it is such an important experience for them. And we're kind of, for many homes, and 
I will say that everything I talk about is just, it's always shared from a place of no judgment. It's just like, hey, we're just talking here. So it's, it's never a place of blame or judgment. It's just like, it's, right. it's what happened. What can we do? But yeah, we kind of brought them into this new home that was holding fear because we, many of us were in that place of fear of what we're going to do and how's this going to last and what's it all about and, and all these answered questions. And so even in that sense, I know we'll get onto the spiritual side, but we're bringing this little ball of energy into a ball of energy, the home that, that is kind of saying, you should be scared here. You need to be scared here. Then without the support of desensitizing and socializing. But I totally agree with you. There is many, many opportunities to support dogs that can be now juveniles or young adults. Yeah, well, we can show them that life doesn't need to be so scary. And I will always say with that, for me, I'm so aware, again, the word that you shared is reflections, which I love to look at, but I'm so aware of the the reflections that we place on our dogs or these expectations. It's like we, my boss expects this from me. My husband or wife expects this from me. My children, my friend, everyone is expecting so much from me. And actually we place that onto our dogs as well of like, I expect you to be this. So I got you to be that, or I want you to be a dog that goes hiking with me. I want you to be the dog that is always happy. And like, let's take away these expectations because the reality is, it's like, do you know what? If your dog can't cope in these situations, so what? So what? As William Shakespeare said, expectations are the death of happiness. <laughs> oh my goodness. I've never heard that little William Shakespeare quote. And I'm a bit, bit of a William Shakespeare fan. So, it, but it's so true. It's just like, first of all, why don't we just say, and so what? Because that just takes the pressure off everything, our expectation. Because the reality may be, yeah, your dog may, may not be able to overcome what you would, what you feel is a challenge, but actually don't put the dog in that situation. Hey, it's not a challenge in the first place, because for me, it's also looking at how is the animal feeling? What is happening from a physiological, psychological um, organ perspective? Because we know, like, are we putting the dog under trauma? We know too much stress is going to create disaster within the nervous system. So I'm kind of trying to understand how can we support the dog, but also understand when enough is enough for that individual um but for me like my teachings really explore like allow the dog to learn in its own time and so even when we have an adult dog that technically so this is what i do when i get a rescue dog for example um if i when i get a rescue dog and it might be so our last rescue dog was five years old i'm now not even thinking about that dog being five years old i'm like you've just been born you've just been born you haven't got a clue who i am new world everything so let me just bring in these behaviors and communication and energy and feelings and sensations that you would receive when you were just born or assuming you would have received so it includes like actually a lot of maternal behavior just a lot of and again no pressure no pressure you can't do this you can't do that and okay if a dog is causing harm or like i don't know wrecking something then it's okay now we can go well Again, we do the, the, the direction of, okay, don't you do that, but how about they? So again, like, where is that chewing come from? What is the dog expressing from that chewing? So again, for me, it's always looking at the dog's individual. And then what we can do is go, okay, well, we've given you those, these behaviors within the home, within a safe space. And now we can take them outside and now we can take them outside and then you can expand the area. I think we get very, very desperate from the space of, the, the reading, particularly around the um, the critical period of socializing, which for, for dogs starts at four weeks and ends at eight weeks. Now, from my wow. perspective, and it is what I share from my perspective, 
we shouldn't be getting our pups until they're 10 or 12, 12 weeks old anyway. So the critical right. period of socializing has ended before we get the pup. Um, but I think because there is so much, again, fear into, oh my goodness, this is where I live. My dog has to now be desensitized to all these things and having, I've only got two weeks to do it. So could you imagine putting, it, it's like putting a four-year-old to, to learn French at university level and I can, right. in two weeks, I'm like, can you imagine, can you imagine the amount of stress? So for me, I'm just like, I like, let's adopt like the Spanish approach of like mañana, mañana. It's like, let's just chill and have no expectation and go, okay, we're going to allow the animal to learn it sometime. But for me, they're called life stages. I work through these life stages that we can move through because the reality is your dog has their entire life to work through the desensitizing. So we can look at like, okay, my house looks over onto sheep and horses and children with skateboards. So they're the biggest priorities that I'm going to try and support my dog to, to feel safe around. But of course, I want to take my dog here, 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 and all there's all these other things to look at. Well, let's just see what's the priority, but then also go in and there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong if your dog can't be okay with children on skateboards. What we can do is go put your dog in the car, if you have a car, and drive them somewhere or get your dog up super early. There's all different things we can do or sometimes just breaking it down. There's a, again, there's a lot of, hmm, in my line of work, I'm always, I'm always assessing, including my own, always assessing the ego, the ego of like, well, I, I, I'll be the one, I'll be the one that will make the dog not be like this. So I'll be the one that like make the dog be happy. is isn't necessary. It isn't necessarily true. Like even in the knowledge that we have, it's just, we're kind of using the knowledge that we're collecting to make a very, very good guess. Really, the reality is, let's go to the dog. Let's go to the dog and sit with the dog from this place of receiving, really from the dog's soul, to say like, what is going on for you here? How does this make you feel? What is it that you need? And also just being open to to the outcome of an animal saying, I don't want to be around this. I never want to be around this. This is This is really hard for me. And for every time I see something, it's actually causing me more and more and more distress. And also that's okay because it's like, I always like, I always go back to human examples. It's like saying, well, because I'm a human and you're a human, therefore we have to be the same. And it's therefore it's a Friday. So it means that we both have to, we're going to, to be a human and to be like, okay in life, we have to, um, because it's a Friday, we have to go to a wine bar and wear red high heels and a red coat and loads of makeup and ha have blonde hair. In reality, we're all sitting on our couch with our dogs watching Netflix. So what we're supposed to do, what we're not supposed to do. And so it's just like what you're comfortable with isn't necessarily what exactly. I'm comfortable with. And what you're uncomfortable with isn't necessarily what I'm uncomfortable with. But all of a sudden, for me, like, I love biodiversity as a, as a conservation biologist. I, I love the concept of biodiversity, the variety of life. And yet we have the all these dogs that are representing a variety and expression of life, a variety of life, yet we're squashing them into this one thing, like to be a dog means this. And I'm like, wow, when we sit in the collection of dogs as a variety of life, all the things that they're sharing with us and showing us to go, hey, that's okay. Like, that's okay to be you. That's, we'll work through it. We'll try and understand it. We will see, yeah, how does this make you feel? How we break things down? How you can learn in your own time? And really taking the pressure off. But the reality is we put so much pressure on our dogs because we put so much pressure on ourselves. Yeah, and we're operating at a not so great place. I mean, I have been the most yeah. stressed I've ever been in my entire life in these past two years. And on top of that, my dog has cancer. So mm. being able to practice 
not being in that ego, not being in that headspace. I mean, the ego, my God, the ego. I, I just lost my Doberman probably about three weeks ago now. Okay. And that what was amazing was my ego. What did I do? What did I do wrong? Well, you know, she made it 26 months past her diagnosis of osteosarcoma, which is she's breaking all records. But still, I immediately went into what did I do wrong? What could I have done different? You know, not even concentrating on the fact that, you know, she had this beautiful life. But it was I was so aware of my own feelings and behavior the fact that my dog doesn't know she has cancer and that if I'm upset about it and what that's putting on her. But I feel like a lot of people, they went out and got their dogs. They're not even thinking about what's best for their dogs. They just now go, I have to go socialize it. I have to go take it to the groomer now. Not considering, okay, it's never been socialized. It's never been to the groomer. So let's approach this differently. All I hear now is people with reactive dogs. Well, your dog's reactive because yeah. it's never been in that situation before. Um, yes. And I also yes. think it's scary, too, because even if you are practicing and you are mindful and you are doing your best, not everybody else is doing that with your dog. So, you know, you socializing your dog with another dog that they're not doing that might be a really bad experience because that dog hasn't, you know, had that good experience. Yeah, absolutely. I love that what you're saying is just be with your dog. That was probably the easiest thing that I could possibly do. Even if I'm in a bad space, you know, just go outside and just be with them. And it really is amazing what you can pick up, how you can take yourself from being so anxious and stressed out to calm, be calm with them, listen to your dog. I love that. So it's not, not lost hope. No, do you know, it's not, it's not, I mean, I'm even looking, so we're in, um, yeah, in a really similar situation where we lost one of our dear dogs on December, December the 27th. And then we lost Tunkasila in March, oh. um, from, from cancer as well. So during lockdown, uh, Tunkasila and yeah, well, Tunkasila, um, developed cancer. And I don't know, I guess I'm very playful and always like to bring in the lightness of laughter. So I was like, come on, if 20, if, you know, if 2020 was going to give an animal cancer, of course it's got to be ass cancer because she got cancer in her anal glands. I'm like, who yeah. even knew you could get, I was like, of course, 2020 is going to give my dog ass cancer, right. of course. Um, but yeah, this is, so I, I bring Tunka Sealer in because she was, um, she was a, a dog that would be labeled as reactive for me. I'm just like, Hey, she struggles to cope at a particular moment in time. And by reacting, she's telling me, this is really hard for me to deal with. Nina, Nina didn't become reactive until she got cancer. Isn't well, that's that's really interesting because of course from that perspective it's becoming more protective of the body right. and also I guess what's happening at a biochemical level. Tunga seal has been reactive actually since she was a very young dog for for two reasons. Firstly, like you just shared about the socializing, very very first introduction to outside where I used to live at the time there was a park and I was walking like up a slope really, but there was um, a dog walker had 10 dogs off lead and these 10 dogs just ran straight after her. Oh God. So yeah, she was just like that. Dogs are a really bad thing. Um, just so, so this is what I mean when we're looking at socializing, desensitizing. So for me, it's like I create now, like I have an address book to go, that dog is going to 
not be so nice for my dog. That dog's going to teach my dog to run off. That oh, This dog's amazing. Yeah, I'm going to introduce my... And so we build just because it's just the early experiences for the dog builds this, this strength. And so, yeah, for me, I really am at that place. I, I guess maybe it's where I am myself. I'm just like, yeah, and so what? And I'm not saying ignore if your dog's got a challenge or is reactive or is is scared or fearful or there's just is having a really, really bad time i'm not saying ignore it i'm saying let's look at this from a very different perspective to what we are led to believe or to what maybe we think or um we're told and yeah going back to and this is what i love about dogs anyway because they really are huh, they really are our reflections that like even just yesterday so we've actually got very recently two new pups congratulations thank you they're so incredible. And then yesterday I was walking them back and I'm like, they're really put like, why are they, they're like, they're really pulling what's up with them. And then I was like, hang on a minute. What was I thinking? What was I thinking just before they started to pull? I was like, I was thinking about, I've got to get home. I'm pretty, I'm already late. I've got these things to do. And I'm like, actually it's, it's, it's not anyone's fault. There's right. a reality, but I'm like, all they're feeding off is me going, I need to get home. I need to go home running late. And then they're like, all oh, right. And they started to pull. And um, so, yeah, like you say, just by what our dogs care, I mean, really what any animal cares about from a biological perspective, their safety, but from a, a being perspective, a spiritual perspective, a soul perspective is like, hey, I'm here and I love you and I'm giving you that love. Just the calmer that you are, the safer you feel, yeah, the more at peace you feel, then oh, I reflect that as well because that's kind of where they're already there. They That's what they're already like behind them. If even if someone would be gone, well, my dog isn't because I've got my got my dog in lockdown and my dog's scared of all these things. Yes, but take all these things away, put your dog in that situation. How's your dog? Oh, my dog's really zen, which I love because it forces you to be zen. So you say to your dog, "Oh Absolutely. gosh, okay, this is I'm the one that did this. How do I bring it back to a, a nice, calm, zen place?" And it literally forces you to do it. So these people who have the dogs that are now turning them into shelters, prob- most likely probably because they're a lot of trouble or they're tearing something up or they can't take them out. I feel like the first thing people do is go take their dog to a dog park, which is the worst thing you could possibly do. The wor- yeah, the worst. Or the first time yeah. you're coming to get your dog groomed, don't take them to that place for the first time to get their groomed. Take them, give them a treat meet the people. And then maybe the yes. second time you can do that. Yes. Or third or fourth. or fifth. Yeah. So I think it's something that we can practice that, oh, my dog is stressed. What do I need to do to calm him down? Which is usually going to be what you need to calm yourself down. So if you do have one of these dogs, it's not too late. You just need to figure out what you need to do in yourself to reach that dog and become spiritually connected. That is the first thing you need to do is connect with that dog and then miracles can happen. How? What's the first step? Like if a person doesn't feel like they are spiritually connected with that dog, what's the first thing that they can do? Yeah. And and that's such a, that is such a great question. And to come back to that in a moment as well, I just following on from what you said of like, you're absolutely right of is also finding a good, understandable, compassionate groomer, finding a good, understandable, compassionate dog walker, however it may be, because it is, it's incremental. It's these little, that's why I love looking at the life stages. It's these little incremental steps rather and yeah, I mean, even with, I mean, I, I, ain't, I am never going to take my dogs to a dog park. It, me it neither. It's just not, a, it's not a good recipe for 
for most dogs, even for dogs that like, well, my dog, my dog is coping. Yeah, your dog may outwardly look like it's coping, but and, and it could well be for for many dogs. But it's just a recipe for imbalance in many, many ways. And so, going to imbalance, how do we kind of yeah create that um that that sense of peace, that sense of oneness, that sense of wholeness? Hmm. And it takes practice, and and actually, it's a lifestyle. So for me. Uh, a lot of people just, again, we're so conditioned to, I'm going to take something and feel better. I'm going to take something and within seconds, I'm going to feel better. This is a choice, guys. This is like, choose to do it or don't choose to do it. Like, let's go to responsibility. That's everyone's responsibility. And so it's kind of a lifestyle choice. I choose to do this. Like, I choose to eat sweets every now and again because, heck, I just love them. It's my choice. I know, I might know the next day I might feel a bit like cranky right. or a little bit, I don't know, dense or whatever but it's still yeah it gets to be a choice so oh do you know the be- the best place to start is so simple uh i'm feeling into just like everyone that's listening the best place to start is to stop to do nothing and that's like going to stillness just stop stop thinking stop doing stop acting just stop and um i always i share it as a space of like go into nothingness and from nothingness comes knowingness. So it's almost like imagine, like imagine just sitting and coming in a place of just nothing. You're now, you're just a pulse. You're just a vibration. You're just like how I really see myself as like, I'm just a droplet of light, just moving around. Or sometimes it's like, I imagine, imagine your cell, imagine all the little things that goes on in just one cell. I'm just an organelle in one of those cells, just buzzing around. I have no thoughts. I have no. Ta- I have nothing. I become nothing, and I. I actually find that so powerful. The person, but I find that so powerful for the animal because the animals all of a sudden like, huh? Oh, there you. Oh my goodness, there you actually are. Finally, I can see you, and then it can make the animal, even if it's just for moments at a time to begin with, and the animal can be like, oh, wow. So. You're actually not, you're not stressed right now. So I don't need to feel as stressed. You're not feeling fear right now. I don't need to be fearful. And so, yeah, just, and it, and it can be hard. Like, that's why it's practice. And so to begin with, even if it's just for five seconds and those five, five seconds become 10 seconds and then 30 seconds and then a minute. And, um, heck, there's sometimes where I'm spending hours and I'm just, I'm nothing. I'm here. You can see me, but I'm, I'm just nothing. Uh, no thoughts, no, yeah, and then in that not, it's almost like when you get into that place of nothingness, it's absolute stillness and absolute silence of yourself, and you re- you kind of feel, receive, get then what I class as knowingness. So I always say you go from nothingness into knowingness, but the knowingness is like this really wide, expansive, and that's why I said before we get to a place where it's not that we don't care, we just care from a very different perspective of like. So what if my dog is like this right now? That doesn't matter. Right. Like, we'll see where we can get to. We'll see what my dog can offer. Okay, I need to break things down. I'm actually going to, it's okay for me to change groomer. It's okay for me to to go somewhere else. It's okay. It's okay. Yes. And release the expectation that everything's going to be super easy and simple the first time you try it or do it. Absolutely. And you know, with that, like for me, I cannot express, I always share this and just laugh, just have have fun at yourself. Just laugh at like, I've just sat here for five seconds and I can't even not sit. Then laugh at that and it'll get easier. And, but 
yes, stop giving ourselves a hard time. Oh my goodness. Like so many people I meet, it's like, again, we give our dogs, well, get dogs, cat, we give our animals such a hard time because that's what we hold in ourselves. We're giving ourselves a hard time. And where did that even come from? So yeah, just laugh. Like who cares what anyone else thinks? Like that's none of their business. And actually it's none of our business anyway, what anybody, anybody else thinks about us. Right, nothing we could do about it anyway. Yeah, exactly. If you're like us, your pets are part of the family. That's why at CBD Dog Health, we created a line of human-grade, full-spectrum hemp products tailored specifically to your furry friend's needs. Whether they're suffering from fear of fireworks, arthritis from old age, or even seizures and cancer, research shows that a high-quality CBD oil can make a big difference for them. Enter coupon code RADIO at cbddoghealth.com for 15% off your first order. That's R-A-D-I-O. CBD Dog Health. Healing naturally. I was so paranoid about bringing in a negative energy and Nina's healing. Um, And of course, my goal was to apply everything that I learned about cannabis and medicinal mushrooms and diet and well-being and apply that to her so that I could have her have, you know, the best life she could have for as long as possible. I actually needed to get over her dying. So I actually did psilocybin. I don't know if you have ever uh, dabbled in it, but I did it with the intention of getting over Nina's death. And it was, you know, everything you're talking about, I know that I can get myself there. I think some people maybe have never gotten themselves there to that, that point that you're at, you're talking about. And psilocybin, man, will get you there. (laughs) Um, And not only did I get over her death, which is, was one of the most freeing things. It was an entire year before she actually died. So I actually had a full year of being so present, not being upset about it, taking it day by day, enjoying every single day, making sure that when I did feel myself get upset or anxious or whatever, that for her, I would bring myself back down because I was so paranoid Mm. of adding any negativity to her life. But what was really funny is that, let's say I just did it this past year. I went to the holistic veterinary conference here in the United States. And so I started asking all these holistics who've been holistic veterinarians for 20, 30 years. I'm like, psilocybin, man. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's just your first time. Oh, man. You know, so then all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute. So I just wanted to bring that up because I know that you believe in plant medicine, just like I do, and that you take it to a very spiritual, wonderful level. I would love to know, share with us how you use plant medicine aromatically to help bring not only yourself to a certain calmness or reality and for your pets does it work exactly the same and every it's in such a similar way and i just love the um ha where do i start that yeah so um (laughs) so a if you haven't done psilocybin i strongly recommend it and if you want to i'll tell you my recipe because i of course uh, add terpenes and medicinal mushrooms so that the experience is the best it possibly could be Uh, but to go in with intention is just it's yes. it's a beautiful yes. thing and i think um yeah so for again from my perspective so we can all reach that level of awareness 
and actually heighten consciousness without having to take something like that. Some people may have to. And so I know I already reached those states, but again, through practice, through practice, through practice, it really is not like what's happened overnight. Yes. So we can all reach that place without having to, to take something like that. So what I wanted to share as well around death is again, everything is a reflection. So sometimes the question often is when our animal friend is, is ready to transition, where are we holding the fear around that? Because largely actually is the fear, it's either fear of death or fear of our own death. And so I also come in from a different perspective because I'm not afraid of death and I'm not afraid of my own death, which again, it's just my perspective. I know many people are, but also what I'm aware of, and this is work that Tunka Steeler and I did together because I, as you know, do soul sessions for, for animals and, and I connect to Tunka Steeler all the time. So as she was starting to, to be prepare herself for transitioning, she shared so many things with me. And what I realized from my own experience is that when she was ready to transition, I did a ceremony for her for a day and a half. And that ceremony, I was like, everyone needs to experience that because I'm, I swear it was the ceremony because I mean, Tunka Sealer was my heart dog. So I said to everybody, like, I'm going to be a mess. Like I'll openly admit, like I can do all the, pra- all of the practices. I'm going to be a mess because she's my heart dog. I'm going to need a week off. I'm going to just eat. I, I'm going to be a mess. And I did this ceremony and I'm like, it's going to come like this. I'm going to break down. It's going to come. It's going to come. And, and it never did. It never did. And I'm like, it's because I went into deep sacred ceremony with her and also created this space for myself, for her and for the space that just allowed it in that time to be everything that I needed to release got released. And then from that perspective, I really honor what you're saying of like, wow, I didn't want to kind of carry anything negative into my, my dog state because of what they currently experience as well. But our dogs also, all animals, because they already are loved, they're, they're already enlightened, by the way. That's the reality. They're already there. They already are it. And so they're like, hey, do you know what? If you need to cry, cry, because I understand what you're crying about. If you need to cry for my loss and cry. Like if that's what you need to do. So they, they actually want us to see, they want to see us processing because they, they have a level of understanding. They're like, wow, okay, you're releasing rather than going, I'm not going to cry, I'm not going to cry, I'm not going to cry. And they're like, what is what is wrong with you right now? But yeah, for me, it's just like holding the ceremony. And so it's really interesting because I have some of my plant allies, <laughs> some of my plant allies here. Awesome. Um, and I've been working, Yarrow actually as a plant ally is really, so we can work with all plant allies. We, do, allies, we don't have to work with um, the more psychotropic ones, but I love plants because plants, <sighs> have agreed, have volunteered, I guess, to basically, hey, we're the ones here that will feed you. We're the ones here that will give you medicine. We're the ones that will take you into this altered state of consciousness because, hey, we grew up into that state anyway. We're already showing you by our growth, like, Whoa, come here, have a party. Like, we're already there. So we can work with all aromas of plants to help us get into that space and to take us on these journeys. And so that's what I do with my plant allies and there's many, there's many, many, many. And it's really interesting that you've brought this up because there's, um, with Yarrow, Yarrow is such a strong, for me, Yarrow, if I'm feeling physically unwell, emotionally unwell, mentally well, spiritually unwell, it's Yarrow for me, he's like, he's like a lover and a husband and a warrior and all these things to get, like, he's just such a strong ally for me. And he shared with me probably two years ago now, he shared with me a symbol. He showed me the symbol and then later on, words came, and the words that, that attach to the symbol is actually 
a teaching for us, which is called um, Animals That Speak, Plants That Talk Back, Hearts That Hear and Heal. And it is this connection of, of course, I am not denying or ignoring the importance of having intellect and knowledge of the biochemistry and the pharmaceutical compositions of plants and hey, this works in the body because of this pathway and, and also having the seriousness and care around that. But also we can connect to the spirit of plants. And because our animals are already there, like when we get out with ourselves, we are already there. We are soul. So we are a soul in a physical body. How I get people to understand that is like our soul is like the light bulb and our skin is just a lampshade. It's just a lampshade housing the body so that yes, our light can shine, but it's not too like, whoa, I can't actually see who you are, but like we are a soul. So we are already as a soul, we are already connected to all of life. Our animal friends are already there anyway, because they don't think through life, they feel and respond through life. And so we can practice starting to be in this space of going on a journey of going, hey, plant spirits, I'm here. And hey, that my animal friend, I am here. I would love to know what is needed right now. What wants to come forward to be worked, to be brought? And that's really in the space that I sit. I'm like, so for example, the last one that I did, what came through was, um, it was pine. And I'm like, from intellect, I'm like, I've got no idea why pines are like this. The, the dog is not presenting anything for me to suggest the dog will, will take pine. But pine was like, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. And I was like, hey, I'm always curious. Like, I'm just trusting. So I came and I work with essentials and hydrosols largely. So I, and through aroma really. So I brought out the pine and presented it to the to the dog. So you're dog just taking the essential oil and letting them smell it, or do you diffuse it? No, I don't diffuse. I literally go, "It's here. What do you want to do with it?" And I wish I could be there with you because I would be like, "Hmm, I wonder if it's the pinene." And then I could tell you that the terpene pinene has all of these things, or is good for this. And then maybe we could go, "Oh, okay, these two things interact together." Yes, that's what's so fascinating about cannabis is how many different compounds it has that other medicinal plants have in it. Yes, at a much higher level. So I love that. I would love to be able to go. Oh, I bet you're attracted to this because of this. Or I, I just yeah. think it would be so much fun. It makes so much sense to me. Yarrow, I'm gonna try it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you'll have. I mean, I've got, I've got a few plant allies, but for me, I'm just. It's always yarrow first. Yarrow is such a, yeah, such a strong. Like, I mean, even when I'm traveling, I'm like. Dude, we're going. We're going on holiday together. Yeah, try yarrow, and 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 it is. We get into this beautiful space of, again, it's like we have intellect, which is really helpful, and we obviously need to rely on. But then we have intelligence of the wider consciousness, and that's what I want us to get into. Of going, I'm now just in this space of intelligence, of almost like not needing, not needing to know. Almost of why is this working? It's right. just like it's working because it is and I'm seeing a difference. And of course there is a safety precaution around there, which is why for me, I'm working with the aroma. I'm never going, oh heck, get them to drink this or put it right. in their food. It's always, let's just see, because sometimes it can simply be, so there's a there's a lady, um, there's a book called Jungle Medicine and the lady who wrote it was a, she was a nurse that she used to go around the hospital ward with the little drug cabinet, handing out all the drugs and um, for all of her patients. And she was just one day having lunch in the staff room and then there was a magazine about hey do you want to go on this like trip to an indigenous community and like learn about plant medicine she was like 
yeah, I'm going to do that. And she just got hooked. But the, the, the shaman that, that taught her, um, he basically in his work, he would, um, work with a patient and a plant spirit would show itself. A plant spirit would just come and show itself. And in that space of spirit, they would work together. He never had to pick the plant. He never had to administer the plant. He just was like the spirit of the plant showing itself. It's doing what needs to be done. And wow, a person had nosebleeds for like three years of their life and gone. And all this. And I'm like, imagine if we can, because we can all be there. Can you imagine if we can do that and do that for our animal friends? I mean, I'm not doing that, but it's, yeah, being in that space of like, okay, plants that are known to me and unknown to me. Wow, I know my animal friend, and so I have that strong connection through through love, through the heart, because it's my animal. Wow, what wants to come forward? And then, is it they, like this is what came, and trusting that, and the responses can be, as I say, really beautiful. But it again requires going back to that patience. It really requires us to just shut up and get out of the way of ourselves and go into that stillness. And that's yeah, that that's where I love now of going. We're in that, I guess we're in that place of desperation of, I'm so desperate to save, I'm so desperate to fix. And I'm like, we're not here to be doing that. We're not here to be fixing. Like, but also what if there's nothing to fix anyway? We're here to have an experience. If everything was, I've got the answer of this already, so we're not going to learn anything. Like we're actually here to learn. So if we can step away from, wow, I want to support. I want to make sure my animal is safe that they feel held, that, that, I mean, when Tunkasila was, was dying, she shared with me what she wanted. She, I mean, she actually chose what day she was going to pass, but it was never, uh, there was never any fear there for me. There was always like, how do you, it was a, how do you feel? What do you need? How do you feel? What do you need? And if I'm like, she's like, I don't want to eat. I'm not, no, you must eat. Come on, come on, come on. Right. That's making me feel really bad. Right. If you don't want to eat. Okay. That's fine. I accept that you're, you're dying. I'm not gonna, I can't take it away. I right. cannot take it away. But I can, I can learn. I can be. I can offer. Um, and so, yeah, even with that, the um, and she wanted Melissa. She the plant spirit she wanted to be with as she was transitioning was was Melissa. And um, so we can be in that space rather than the focus on fixing, 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 fixing. Or what's the? It's almost like we are so focused on trying to get the answer that when we're, we're not living it, we're not living this incredible experience. I agree, and I feel like we need to get back to nature because we're getting away from nature that every time something goes wrong, we're popping a pill or rushing to the vet or giving them a pill instead of just being and figuring it out. I don't know if you know this, but dogs in particular have twice to 10 times more receptors than humans do for cannabis. And so the idea is how, why is that? So I feel like our pets, our animal friends are much more connected to nature and their medicine absolutely lives in nature and that we should absolutely go to nature first and see what it is that they need or can help them versus popping a pill. I have to wrap up our our conversation. It has been wonderful. I could spend another hour just talking about it. I love what you have to say and I can't wait to be at the level that you are Um, And I know that it will take practice and I know that it's possible. And I think that everybody should do this, especially in uh, the the world we live in right now is so crazy. I feel like the only person, I call them person, the only souls that can really help us the most are our dogs. And if we could just be with them and listen and feel them, it will really Mm -hmm. make a difference on your mental health and on them. 
if people want to find out more about you or even they can do consultations with you, how do they get in touch with you? Oh, thank you for asking that. So my uh, the best place to get in touch is through my website. Uh, so it's Kachina Canine, uh, K-A-C-H-I-N-A, Canine, as in the word, not rather than the letter and the number. Um, and my Facebook is um, Kachina Canine Wellness. Awesome. Thank you so much. I enjoyed our conversation so much. Would love to do it more often. You're a wonderful being. Thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for inviting me. It's been beautiful. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Make sure to rate, comment, subscribe, and share with your friends. And if you want your questions answered live, make sure to call in to 252-377-4555. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and at AngelaArtolino.com. And remember, you can always sign up for a full holistic consultation at CBDDogHealth.com slash consultations. Introducing MycoDog, an award-winning line of medicinal mushroom extracts combined with adaptogens like ashwagandha, astragalus root, and bacopa monieri, made specifically for your pets. When it comes to mushrooms, sourcing really matters. Unlike other products on the market that are grown in China or elsewhere, the mushrooms in MycoDog tinctures are grown here in the United States to the highest quality standards. MycoDog offers three formulas designed to support senior dogs, as well as those suffering from dementia and canine cognitive disorder, breathing and respiratory issues, or autoimmune diseases and cancer. Use coupon code YNDPODCAST at mycodog.com for 10% off these fantastic fungi.